You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. Welcome back to Deal Talk with 7MA. Today I have Ben Garber here with me and we're actually recording out of our newest Seven Mile office in Pittsburgh. Ben, welcome. Errol, thanks so much for having me and I appreciate you making the trip up from Charlotte. Neil, thanks for flying in from Houston. Always happy to be here in Pittsburgh. So Ben, why don't we start off by you just kind of giving everybody a little bit of a background where you come from and then we'll walk more into what practice you plan on expanding within Seven Mile. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm super excited to be part of such a stellar team. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to have you on board, Ben, and uh, excited about what you're going to be doing for us here in healthcare. Yeah. Uh, so I'm coming to Seven Mile from running corporate development for MedExpress, uh, which is the urgent care business of Optum, uh, the care delivery organization of United Health Group, which is the largest healthcare insurer in the country. MedExpress uh, is the largest urgent care platform in the country uh, with a presence Colorado East. And it's a pretty pure play uh, roll up. So for them, I was acquiring uh, physician practices, uh, dealing a lot with physician owners, as well as outpatient urgent cares. In addition to running corporate development, I also was in charge of our innovation program and chaired our executive innovation committee, uh, which was really a cross organizational effort with Optum and United and our sister companies across the country focused on new products and services, as well as the coordination of care across entities. Optum operates local care delivery organizations in 12 states, as well as two national ambulatory brands, being surgical care affiliates, our outpatient ambulatory uh, surgery center company, and MedExpress, which has over 260 urgent care clinics in 20 states, as well as a network of employer on-site clinics. And in each market, our focus uh, was really on the coordination of care to deliver better patient outcomes at a little lower total cost of care, uh, largely by optimizing for appropriate site of service and uh, helping patients navigate through the, the healthcare system. So better coordination between entities, uh, referral management and such. Before that, I uh, came out of five years at a private equity group doing buyouts as well as some minority growth investments. What made Grassroots Capital a, a little different than many private equity firms is that we were owner operators of the companies we were acquiring. Most did not come with management teams that we were keeping on board. And I personally had the most success promoting operators up off the floor, uh, training them, building out a team around them. And that was really some of the most rewarding uh, experience of that work is getting to see my own people thrive and improve and grow. And the success they enjoyed and the success we were, we were able to enjoy at those companies and see their families mature and the impact in those communities. I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. I attended the uh, Carnegie Mellon Tepper School of Business uh, for my MBA. And that's where I met uh, Mr. Terman here. Known each other for a long time and classmates through the program. And so, uh, you know, it was uh, 
uh, fortuitous when we were talking about building our business here at Seven Mile and, you know, advancing uh, some additional practices. I joined the company just shy of three years ago and came on board to help us build a practice around industrial infrastructure, energy, environmental services. Uh, we since added Jeff Steckline, who came in around healthcare, but more focused on IT and integration and consulting services. We've added Mark Landry to help us build a consumer products practice. And as we continued to talk about healthcare and opportunities, it became pretty apparent, Ben, that you know you make a heck of a lot of sense uh, to come on board and help us grow this thing. So we're excited for the opportunity to have you come join us and particularly bring some expertise around providers. You know, uh, I can tell you personally, the last two years I've been in uh, a countless number of meetings with private equity groups. And we start talking about what are you investing in? What are you interested in? Right. And of course, my angle is, hey, here's what I've got or here are my clients that I'm working with. And then they look back at me and say, you know, we're doing a dental practice roll up. Do you have anybody? Yeah. And every time I ask that question, I'd have to say it's not an industry where we've been spending time. And now all of a sudden it is in a big way with you on board. So definitely excited to have you on board. Ben. Dental and hospice and, and provider management service organizations very hot right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, there, there's a, a natural fit uh, between seven miles history in the healthcare sector uh, and the macro trends that are really pushing uh, investment and consolidation in the healthcare industry today. So as payers and providers move towards value and the uh, prevalence of risk-based insurance contracts and the complexity of those contracts and the performance fee arrangements uh, becomes more complicated, the IT infrastructure and the consulting and business services required to integrate these networks and really empower providers to take advantage and capitalize on these new reimbursement schemes uh, is the, the core of Seven Miles existing healthcare IT business. And the clients of your clients are really those uh, who that the private equity sponsors I'm working with are targeting. Uh, so a lot of you know, fortuitous overlap there and really playing on, on the same themes across the market. Yeah, I'd even take that one step further. We've had a chance to work with a number of firms uh, around facilities, right? So architects, engineers, construction companies, um, folks that are in there really uh, putting together these facilities in a way that tries to optimize flows, minimize patient uh, risk, right? We don't want uh, a hospital uh, derived infections and things of that nature. And it all impacts how these folks get paid, right? So they're taking it uh, to the next level and saying, how can we put together a facility, an IT infrastructure, uh, an entire business model that's all encapsulating that helps us optimize patient care, maximize reimbursement levels, minimize risks uh, across the board, whether it's kind of the engineering uh, and architecture part of our business where I'm spending time, the provider part of our business where you're spending time, the IT and consulting piece of it where Jeff has been spending time, we're seeing a ton of interesting overlap. And the other thing I think that's fascinating about it to me is when you think about, broadly speaking, uh, where we are headed in healthcare as a country, you know, there's a lot of unknowns out there, but all of those unknowns create opportunity for the kinds of clients that we end up working with, right? Because they tend to be pretty nimble and they tend to find great ways to do those things we talked about, you know, provide better patient care and frankly provide a better performing operating and financial model around that. 
and all those things, you know, are a pretty good place to be if you're in any of these angles of healthcare right now. Absolutely. A- across all subsectors, if you can provide high quality care in a low cost environment and integrate with the rest of the delivery network, uh, to some degree, you're going to be insulated from fluctuations uh, in the regulatory environment, as well as the reimbursement environment. And we're seeing that as a large driver uh, behind the shift to outpatient facilities, you know, just like you mentioned. And there's compelling cost structures and reimbursement structures there, not just for the payers, but for the physicians uh, and the investors who are participating as well. And some of this is also driven by technology advancements. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, continually impressed as to what can be done in outpatient setting today. You can go into essentially a strip mall uh, and get a hip replacement now and be out in the same day. And that's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, the uh, the reverse hub and spoke thing, right? Because for a long time, patient inflows were coming to a centralized hospital facility, and now it's the opposite, right? We're now pushing patients out of a centralized facility to highly specialized suburban tertiary type locations that, you know, all we do here is hip replacements and we're going to do them well. All we do here exactly. is, you know, other types of orthopedics or spinal surgery, whatever it may be. And, you know, it comes back to all these places. One, they've got to be staffed by knowledgeable, quality, specialist care providers. Uh, two, uh, they've got to have IT infrastructure that talk back to the mothership, so to speak, right? And yep. then thirdly, there's the individual facilities, right? And they need to be outfitted in a proper way from hardware, software, wiring, and, and all the other things that you need. So it's, uh, you know, we, we went one way as an industry, right? And, and went hub and spoke, and then it kind of got turned around the opposite direction in the last couple of years. But it's creating a pretty fascinating environment for opportunity around, you know, M&A in particular, uh, and you think about consolidation opportunities that are out there, they're, they're definitely stemming from some of the big picture decisions that these healthcare providers are making. Yeah, as, as the, the hospital uh, becomes uh, disintegrated and pushed out into a variety of outpatient facilities, that creates a greater fragmentation in the provider landscape as well as the opportunity for roll-up platforms in each one of those sectors. And we're seeing interesting financing models. Uh, The REITs and uh, real estate investors are getting in on the facility side of the equation, which often uh, the providers themselves can also participate in, which provides them a little extra economic incentive to join these deals beyond their uh, traditional you know, medical reimbursements. Uh, and then the strategics and other private equity groups are getting in on the management services side of the organization to really build up these specialized platforms. Uh, if you look at the recent combination driven by Warburg Pincus of CityMD in New York and Summit Medical in New Jersey, uh, you'll see a very good example of integrating the entire patient pathway here from capturing a patient to getting them attributed to a primary care physician, which supports population health management programs and risk-based reimbursement schemes, as well as the building of of these narrow networks used to manage these. And then facilitating the flow of that patient after screening and diagnosis into a controlled uh, specialty medical group. Uh, That's all ways to improve patient care identify uh, risks early on while they're still manageable, less expensive to treat, 
and keeping those costs within the system. So that is really, you know, driving not just consolidation in primary care and outpatient care, but also these roll-ups that we're seeing in all these specialist sectors. I'll take it back to Pittsburgh for a second. I was reading a list uh, of the largest uh, healthcare systems and their facility spend yesterday uh, as part of some (laughs) of the focus I have in in the architecture and engineering world. And on that list, of course, was UPMC, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center here in Pittsburgh. And so one of the things that I think is certainly exciting to us is, one, being able to plant roots back in this market— I am actually from here as well. I grew up just outside of Pittsburgh and spent uh, the first part of my career here until uh, moving down to Houston, Texas, where I've been based. In in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Back from uh, beautiful Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Many claims to fame for a small town, Mr. Rogers and Arnold Palmer being among them. But, you know, have been down in Houston the last six or seven years. And I keep finding myself coming back here because of the business climate that Pittsburgh has built. And healthcare and UPMC has been very much a part of that. But beyond that, you know, the city has really world-class strengths in things like medical device, robotics, financial services. You know, we've got a really strong and entrepreneurial business climate here. So I can tell you at Seven Mile, we've had the opportunity to work as a firm even before you came on board, Ben, uh, with a couple of businesses here in town. Even over the last 18 months, we had the chance to work with Suma, who was acquired by CGI Group. Uh, They were a custom software development firm, and they did some other system integration-oriented services. Uh, Their claim to fame locally, if there's anyone listening from Pittsburgh, is they were the ones that developed the touchscreen software to order uh, sandwiches at Sheets. Oh, no kidding. Yes. So They they, uh, they also did the PNC app, right? They did the app for PNC Bank, among other things, right? So really uh, a fantastic company, and, and we were excited for the chance to work with them. We had the chance to work with NetServe 365 in their sale uh, to Magnify, which was backed by a private equity group, uh, New Spring Capital. And um, they were a provider of managed services and uh, really a great client and, and happy to get a deal done. And then most recently, uh, we helped one of our buy side clients, uh, Uniguest, which is backed by Atlantic Street Capital. So for those not familiar with Uniguest, if you go to, say, a Marriott Hotel and you have the kiosk where you can print your boarding pass, those are all owned and managed by Uniguest, and they have some secret sauce as it relates to the software-hardware combination of, of making that work, right? So we've been helping them on the buy side to continue to build out their platform of related um, offerings across other markets beyond hospitality. So as part of that effort, uh, we helped them acquire a business called Touchtown, based just outside of Pittsburgh in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, which was a provider of uh, kiosk-based technology solutions for an elder care environment. Really, to put it simply, it's, you know, helping grandma get on Facebook or whatever it may be to see pictures of the grandkids uh, in kind of an organized and managed way. So it's been a great market for us, and, and we're very happy to uh, to be here in a more permanent way. So with you on board, you know, I've been thinking about, Ben, some of your background, right? You've spent time in the venture capital community here and some other places. You know, what, what do you think about Pittsburgh broadly as a market. You know, I have seen Pittsburgh evolve more in the last eight to 10 years than I suspected happened in the decades before that. Basically, when I moved out, I, uh, hopefully the two are not related. Could have been a catalyst. Uh, you, you mentioned Touchtown. So my uh, uh, roots in the technology and venture community here go back 10 years. Um, I actually... Uh, I uh, worked with Jeff Pepper back in 2012 when he was raising his angel round for, for Touchtown. 
Pittsburgh and the investment community here, a little small world. Uh, interesting for that to come back uh, 360 and and you helping him in, in that great company uh, achieve an exit with Uniguest. But I've been involved as the uh, chair of the Emerging Leaders Board with the uh, Pittsburgh Venture Capital Association for five years, I believe. Active member there for a long time, as well as our AG, uh, ACG and TMA chapters. I'm still very active uh, at Carnegie Mellon. I don't know about you, but I feel like I got so much uh, out of that university. I try to pay pay it forward, still work with a lot of their startups uh, coming out of Project Olympus and the Schwartz Center for Entrepreneurship. And I also sit on the investment committee uh, for the Landmarks Financial Corporation, which is the fiduciary for Pittsburgh history and landmarks, uh, which is really a national leader in historic preservation, developed a lot of the models that drive that activity across the country uh, here back in the 60s when the uh, Mexican war streets were going to be paved over for a highway. Art Ziegler, the, the head of that organization, actually named the Mexican war streets as a little preservation marketing mechanism uh, that sticks with us today. I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of all the change that's you know been going on here in the city. Pittsburgh now boasts the largest Google office outside of their headquarters, and they've announced an expansion. Uh, we now have a uh, Facebook office that was recently flooded, uh, but I'm sure it'll be back up and running uh, momentarily. Uber's autonomous uh, car campus is in Homestead, just to the south here. Yeah, if you, if you can drive anywhere, uh, if you can drive in Pittsburgh, you can drive anywhere. Uh, so I think, you know, obviously the robotics talent at CMU has something to do with it, but I also think driving on the, uh, let's just say, interesting goat path-oriented oh, yeah. roads that we have around here. I mean, uh, so, so some of the companies started their their testing in, uh, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, and I don't think you can, you know, develop an autonomous car in Scottsdale and expect it to perform in Pittsburgh. You could definitely do it the other way around. And a lot of that came out of uh, Red Whitaker's lab at Carnegie Mellon. You know, they were doing autonomous vehicles and racing them across the country over a decade ago. Ford put in a billion dollars to headquarter Argo AI, which is a CMU spit out as well. I have deep uh, relationships in the robotics community here, and it's been absolutely incredible to see, you know, one after the other uh, put down roots, hire talented engineering staff, more and more coming to the city from the West Coast. Right. In fact, it's funny you say that uh, flying in this morning, and we ta- I talked about this with Ariel earlier today. Uh, so flying back into, into your hometown is always an interesting uh, experience, right? And you, and you only see development in, you know, six-month increments or year increments, whatever often you come back, right? So Duolingo uh, is, is yeah. a firm based here in Pittsburgh, right? And you look at uh, uh, some of their sponsorship around what they're doing, trying to draw talent here to Pittsburgh from Silicon Valley. You come into the Pittsburgh airport, Duolingo sponsors the Wi-Fi. You click on the Wi-Fi. And what does it take you to? It doesn't take you to their homepage. It doesn't take you to an advertisement. It takes you to their job posting page. And it's a long page. It is a very long page. So I think it is really something to be said for tech talent coming back here to Pittsburgh robotics talent growing up here in Pittsburgh and all of that integrating with one kind of all of the things we focus on at seven mile, right? When you think about business services and technology, you think about infrastructure services and industrial solutions, including things like industrial automation, 
you think about healthcare, certainly, whether it's med devices or healthcare uh, technology infrastructure, and even in consumer products, right? I think you and I were talking the other day about uh, consumer packaged goods as it relates to medical products, right? And in the area of our firm where Mark Landry spends his time, all of this sort of ecosystem really seems to be coming together here in town. And it's, it's exciting to kind of be at the center of it. And for Seven Mile to be able to come in at this time, I think is extremely fortuitous uh, for the city. Uh, when I was still in discussions with the partners about joining, I reached out to my investor network to learn a little bit about the firm's reputation uh, and how they would be received in the city. And I was overwhelmed by the consistent responses uh, of essentially, yes, we would be thrilled to have a national, professional, top caliber investment bank here locally that we could work with. So we didn't always have to get on the plane to New York, Chicago, or San Francisco, please. Uh, There's a lot of uh, corporate development work being done here locally, not just by the startup community uh, and the investment community, but also, you know, by our our large corporates uh, who still maintain the the bedrock of the business community here. Uh, And there was a strong appetite to have a firm, the caliber of Seven Mile, plant down roots and really continue to grow its practice here in Pittsburgh. It's, it's, it's something we're all collectively very excited about as a firm, no question about it. So, you know, I'm thinking about it, Ben. So you've been on board a couple of weeks now, so getting your feet wet. And by the way, I should mention we're, we're here in town uh, to officially kick off opening our office here and uh, our efforts to keep building around you here in Pittsburgh. So we'll be having a little reception here in town tonight. We've got the got some decent weather for it. So, you know, the least I can do is out. We lucked out. bring that up from Texas. And, uh, you know, I guess the question is, what, what's your game plan from here, right? So a couple couple weeks in at Seven Mile, what are you going to be focused on over the coming weeks and months uh, as we build out our business around healthcare provider services and as you start to help some companies uh, with uh, liquidity, with capital raise alternatives, uh, with growth and expansion via, M- via M&A? Where are you looking to spend your time and, and, and where is your focus? Yeah, so Neil, I'm I'm coming on board with a strong and diversified investor network, uh, both of growth capital investors as well as buyout private equity groups, and they all have ravishing appetites uh, for the healthcare delivery groups as well as the support services to kind of power those themes that that we were talking about. It's all all the ancillary providers as well. I've uh, received a lot of inbound interest from practice owners who are looking either for a recap, growth investment uh, to expand their platform, or to be consolidated uh, into a strategic or a large private equity group. But a lot of my focus uh, is going to be on outreach into the business community locally uh, to let them know that that we're here and the services that we offer Uh Frankly, you know, we have buyers and investors waiting in the wind, and I'm excited to build the relationships with the business owners to be able to bring them those opportunities. Yeah, I'm, uh, my, I know my next doctor appointment, I'll be walking in for sure and telling them, hey, by the way, did you know we brought that <laughs> on board, right? Right, right? right after I go step on the scale and, and probably get some, some news that I didn't want to receive. Ne- so. Neil, Neil steps on the scale uh, facing backwards. <laughs> so I think, Ben, as it relates to 
the opportunity that we've got here, right? I, I feel like we're right place, right time with you coming on board. I think from an industry perspective, uh, we couldn't be be better positioned. And I think all the things coming together in and around healthcare right now, in terms of that total ecosystem, as we talked about, if I'm a provider, if I'm a technologist, if I am an entrepreneur in that healthcare ecosystem, anywhere along that value chain, uh, I've got to feel pretty good about my opportunities. And from our perspective here at Seven Mile, our job is to connect entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, and investors with both opportunities and options, right? So we want to put people in position to make the right decisions for themselves and for their employees and for their businesses. And I think uh, having you is is going to help us tremendously in that regard, especially from an industry expertise standpoint. So welcome aboard officially. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Ben and Neil, for being with us here today. I think that's it. If you want to follow along on our website, um, we'll be seeing a lot more uh, research from the healthcare industry that we're covering around the providers and ambulatory care practice um, and a few other divisions that we'll be looking at a little bit more specifically in our sector watches, our quarterly earnings, um, and some of our white paper research as well. So be sure to check out the 7 Mile website. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with Ben, his contact information is on our website. You can find his email and phone number there. I'm sure he would love to talk to you a little bit further about this exciting next step for Seven Mile. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business. 